It's a jungle out there. So many possibilities, prospects, and probabilities. It's easy to become overwhelmed. That's where we come in. Relax. We're your trusted source for expert information on sports gaming strategies and information. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Football Friday right here on the morning after. Hour number two begins right now on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Hour number two means an hour dedicated to college football. We are entering week number 11 of the college football regular season, the final month here in November when games mean just that much more. As we look at the conference championship races and the race for a spot in the college football playoffs. So joining us for the entirety of this second hour, who else but our favorite guest here on a football Friday for hour number two, Joe Lisi, Sports Grid's college football analyst here to break it all down. We're going to talk college football playoff. We're going to talk spreads to know for the weekend. We're going to talk conference championship races. We will discuss everything to make you a better sports better and a more profitable one in the college football realm. Joe Lisi, a pleasure to have you here on a Friday again. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Ben. Week number 11, and it's fitting, right? Big Ten football on the horizon. Cold, rainy, dreary, perfect weather for Big Ten football at 12 o'clock between Penn State and Michigan. Joe, you're speaking my language right now. You got me fired up. I'm ready to run through a brick wall here in the studio in Midtown Manhattan. We are ready to go on this football Friday, a college football second hour. And Joe, there's an intriguing game tonight on this Friday night featuring the number five team in the country, the Cinderella hoping to make the dance, the Cincinnati Bearcats on the road laying 23 and a half against USF, South Florida. Joe, we know the narrative around Cincinnati as it relates to the college football playoff. And we know that the Bearcats have recently struggled a little bit, especially against the numbers, since he has not covered in three straight weeks against Navy, Tulane, and then Tulsa in a very dicey effort last Saturday. So, Joe, I ask you, 23 and a half now in favor of the Bearcats once again. Can Cincy cover tonight on the road? I think they can, and the fact that they are on the road in this type of environment, number five overall in the college football playoff rankings, I think they dominate this ball game from start to finish. Now, they beat USF last year early in the season, 28-7, to and this is a USF team that's playing much better in the second half of the year under Jeff Scott. They went toe-to-toe for a half with ECU, allowed over 200 rushing yards in the second half, lost that ball game and did not cover, and then jumped out to an early lead against Dana Holgerson in Houston. But again, in the second half, they wore down, especially in run support, allowed 261 to the Cougars in that ballgame. But they've been playing much better. This game's going to come down to the trenches, Ben. The physicality of Cincinnati, offense and defense aligns, and the secondary, a very disciplined secondary, going up against Timmy McLean and those inexperienced quarterbacks for USF, to me, is the difference. I think the, the running game breaks out in a big way. It might be close for a half. But in the end, I do feel Cincinnati covers this number fairly easy tonight in Tampa. Cincinnati moved up from number six to number five in the second CFP poll. Cincinnati's chances to make the college football playoff right now, at least according to the FanDuel Sportsbook, getting dimmer and dimmer by the week. Plus 350 now for Cincinnati 
to make the college football playoff. In fair or unfair, the Bearcats are judged by a different standard. They not only need to win games and survive against lesser competition, they need to cover the average margin that they have been favored by in the last three weeks against Navy, Tulsa, and Tulane has been 26 points as a favorite in those games on average. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after underway here on a football Friday on the grid Sirius XM channel 159 the mightier 1090 out on the west coast I am Ben Stevens joined by Joe Lisi for this second hour dedicated to college football with a sprinkle of college hoops here coming up in just a moment but speaking about this game tonight between the fifth ranked Cincinnati Bearcats playing 23 and a half on the road against South Florida an over under total of 57 and a hook Joe Cincinnati needs to cover they have not covered in three straight games they are five and four against the number as are USF, as are the South Florida team in this moment tonight, 5-4 ATS, 4-3 and three against the spread as an underdog. They have covered in two of the four games USF has when they have been a 20-point or more underdog so far this year. So that is what is at stake. Cincinnati not only needs to win, they need to cover to add on those style points to impress Gary Barta and the rest of the college football playoff selection committee. So, Joe, I mentioned it. Not only are we going to talk a little college football right now, but a little college basketball as well. The reason being a great game tonight in Westwood between UCLA, the number two ranked team in the country, and number four ranked Villanova. Pac-12 after dark on the hardwood. 10.30 p.m. Eastern tip right now between UCLA and Nova. No odds up currently that I am seeing on the FanDuel sports, but, but Joe, we always trust, uh, excuse me, trust Kenneth Pomeroy and his metrics. Right now, he predicts UCLA wins this game by a four-point margin. Often, it's very close to how the spreads look. So UCLA will be a slight favorite at home tonight against Nova. Any thoughts here, Joe, in the early going for the college basketball season? Yeah, I, I would take Nova plus the four points here. Now, they checked out early in terms of the NCAA tournament against Baylor last year, but I like the big men underneath going up against a very finesse type of offense in UCLA. I think they could be a live dog plus 155 on the money line. I like it. And I think when you have a top five tilt, two top four teams in all of college basketball facing each other on the opening week of the college basketball campaign, Pretty fun stuff out there in Westwood. Pac-12 after dark tonight. UCLA and Villanova. All right, back to the college football playoff and college football. Stay with us here on The Grid. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. AI Robotics freshening up comedy bets where the devil whispers in one ear. Go ahead. It's just another cream puff. And the angel on your other shoulder. You really don't want to swing from that chandelier, do you? Ugh. New UK research shows humanoid AI robots can simulate peer pressure by talking you into taking unnecessary risks you'd normally avoid. Who cares if that bungee cord is even tied on? <laughs> Even after disaster, AI continued to coerce study participants to take even more risks. I truly doubt that banana peel is slippery. Yeah! Not the singularity, AI can encourage good behavior too. If you behave, you get a cookie. Imagine your own personal AI that coerces you in or out of trouble depending on your mood. But I'm only as good as my programmers. Follow me at Capelbo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
You're listening to the voice of authority. You're listening to credibility. You're listening to expert analysis on daily sporting events. You're listening to the one place where you can get valuable information on gaming. Odds and more. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Joe Lisi for this second hour of a football Friday right here on TMA. Our second hour dedicated to college football to make you a more educated and informed college football fan heading into tomorrow and even tonight with a great slate of college football now in the later portion of this college football regular season, which means the college football playoff is on the horizon. The second CFP poll was released this past Tuesday night. We don't really need to dive into that poll so much. I don't need to get hot and bothered once again about Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State. So here's what we're going to do here, Joe. Based on the odds that are a predictive model, we are going to make the case for the Crimson Tide to make the college football playoff. And you might be thinking to yourself, Ben, they're ranked second in the country. You don't need to make the case for them. But the odds are very interesting right now surrounding Alabama for what that path looks like right now for the Tide to make the college football playoff. So, Joe, here's how it stands right now when you look at Alabama's odds to make the college football playoff, to win the SEC, and then the national championship. They are minus 112, still in minus money, to make the CFP. They are plus 170 to win the SEC, the second shortest odds behind Georgia, and plus 450 right now to win the Natty, tied for the second shortest odds with Ohio State behind Georgia, who is an odds-on favorite at minus 125. So, Joe, as we correlate these markets, the reason it's so interesting to me is Bama is still a minus-money favorite to make the college football playoff, yet the second shortest odds to win the SEC championship, which you would think is what they need to do to get in to the college football playoffs. So maybe plus 170 on the tide right now in that marketplace to win the SEC has a little bit of value you don't often see on Alabama in any futures market in college football. Yeah, that's a great point, Ben. I think when you look at just Alabama and their body of work right now, obviously the only loss that's on their resume came as an 18.5-point favorite on the road in Kyle Field to Texas A&M. And and Texas A&M now has an opportunity, let's just say Auburn knocks off Alabama in the Iron Bowl, then it will be Texas A&M representing the SEC West. So I think that's why you're seeing a fluctuation in terms of the price movements. If Alabama doesn't get to the SEC championship, can they still be one of the top four teams? That's the biggest question. I think, you know, the committee, if they win out and they have two losses, yeah, then then they're out. I mean, if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, still with two losses on the resume, it's going to be very difficult for the Alabama Crimson Tide, in my opinion, to crack the college football playoffs. So I would not take the negative odds for them to make the playoff. I'd rather take the positive odds at plus 450 or plus 170 to win the SEC or, more importantly, the national championship. And that's a great point right there by Joe Lisi because no two-loss team has ever made the college football playoff. We have had this system for seven years. We are now in the eighth year of this ranking and system to decide who the national championship is in all of college football. So no two-loss team has ever made the CFP. No two-loss non-conference champion certainly has made the CFP. So not winning their conference championship game would only harm Alabama. And that is why the plus 170 to win the SEC is so interesting in comparison to being minus money 
to make the college football playoff because at least on what we have seen in our lifetime of the CFP in its seven-year history, there is only one path for Alabama right now, and that's to win out in the regular season and then to beat Georgia, the number one team in the country, who is minus 2,400 to make the college football playoff in the SEC championship game. That is the path as we know it for Alabama right now. And Joe, we're still seeing minus money on the tide to make the CFP, but... They were minus 200 just two weeks ago before that first CFP rankings came out. And they were minus 164 last week after being ranked second in the initial CFP poll. Still ranked second in the country, but minus 112 now. So the odds working against Alabama to make the college football playoff in the marketplace. Why do you think that's the case? Well, I think it's the trending team in terms of Texas A&M right now because when we talk about two lost teams, it, it comes down to Auburn. How much do you believe in the Auburn Tigers to actually put up a fight in the Iron Bowl against the Alabama Crimson Tide? If you buy in, let's say, 40% to Bo Nix and the crew at home on the Plains, then Texas A&M becomes a potential dark horse. They could be the two-loss team that actually cracks the college football playoff because they would represent the West. If they do knock off Georgia, they would have wins on their resume against top-ranked Alabama and top-ranked Georgia in the same year. Mm -hmm. That's going to be very difficult for the committee to overlook at that point. And not, let's not forget, Ben, it would be at the end of the year that they would knock off the Georgia Bulldogs. So that's something that I don't think they could overlook. And that's why you're seeing now Alabama fluctuate right now because of that law win last week against LSU, where they were 29.5-point favorites. They almost lost that game in Tuscaloosa. They were on life support in the final five minutes. Right, over a four-touchdown favorite against LSU, and I think that showed that maybe Alabama isn't the dominant force that you could compare to Georgia in this case, and maybe that's why some of the public perception in the marketplace has worked against the tide. Because, Joe, you mentioned it. There's a path for Texas A&M right now. They already have that win over Alabama, and they are being big Auburn fans after beating the Tigers last week and needing Auburn to knock off Alabama most likely in that Iron Bowl to end out the regular season. So let's put on our odds maker hat here, Joe Lisi, and guess what that line would potentially look like for Alabama on the road in Jordan-Hare against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I still think Alabama would be a double-digit road favorite, but just barely, maybe minus 10.5, minus 11.5. What do you think that line would be, Joe Lisi, for the Iron Bowl? Wow. Uh, last year when Bo Nix went on the road, they were clear 21 and a half, 22 point underdogs in that ball game. almost pulled it out on the final drive. If they would have gotten a touchdown, yeah. they would have covered that line. But now at home, let's not forget, 48-45 a couple of years ago, Knicks outdueled Mac Jones in that ball game. That was a low number for the most part. I would still say that Alabama on the road would still be maybe a, a two touchdown favorite in that ball game. 14 yeah. points, and you I, know? Yeah, and you're right, Joe. I mean, that's what we've seen with Alabama pretty much at every turn this year. They were an 18 and a half point road favorite against AM, lost that game, and then they bounced back the next week and were a 16 and a half point favorite against Mississippi State. You can't make the line too big on Alabama based on where the public perception would come in and then bet the tide. So then finally here, Joe Lisi, we have the SEC championship odds. Georgia is the heavy odds on favorite right now to win the Southeastern Conference at minus 220. Alabama is plus 170 
Do you think that's what the money line would look like for a potential SEC title game between Georgia and Alabama? And if so, what then would be the spread for that SEC championship game? Well, when Georgia played Alabama, they were six and a half point dogs in the national championship game. So they wound up covering that. They were also seven point dogs in the SEC championship game that Jalen Hurts pulled out in the fourth quarter. I think in this matchup, they would instill Georgia as a three-point favorite over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I think it would be right around that key number of three for what would be an incredible football game. I think Alabama would probably open as a three-and-a-half, three-point underdog, and by the time we got the kick on that Saturday in early December in Atlanta, Georgia for the SEC championship game, it'd probably close something closer to UGA minus two-and-a-half. Joe, this week, we're going to show this number right now. Alabama has a non-conference game against New Mexico State. Alabama is a 51-and-a-half-point favorite against New Mexico State, who is plus 2,000 on the money line. And Joe Lisi, one of the more comical things about this number, it's not even the biggest spread in Alabama's favor this year. They were minus 54 earlier in the year against Mercer. Right, and they didn't cover that ball game, Ben. They didn't cover against Southern Miss. I think they cover this weekend because of the lackluster performance last week against LSU. There's no no way Nick Saban could go into this game just laying up. No. 51 and a half might seem big, but Nick Saban is not happy with that performance last week at home against the Bayou Bengals. Coming up on the other side of the break, a Big 12 breakdown, a huge weekend in the Big 12. We preview that next year on The Grid. Sports Professor Rick Haro inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your Sports News Minute. Well, we've said many times as far as gambling is concerned that maybe 40 or 45 states will have enacted laws in the next two or three years, even ones that are dead set opposed to it. Why? You look to your left, you look to your right in your state, you see all the money coming in, including places that have taken money from citizens of your state going next door, teachers, roads, infrastructure, everything. And here's the time to do it. Ohio, the latest example, a lot of rhetoric against gambling, but now they have legislation that's 90% complete that talks about uh, over 25 licenses, 70 establishments generating as much revenue as they possibly can. And why? Well, the Browns, the Bengals, the Cavaliers, all the pro sports franchises in that state lobbying for it where they were lobbying against it a few years ago. What an amazing world. Sports Professor Rick Haro, Sports News Minute. to understand. There's a difference between luck and strategy. Luck is getting the last piece of pizza. Strategy is hiding it beforehand in a warm oven. Trust us. Strategy's better. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
A college football hour number two of a football Friday on the morning after continues on on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I'm Ben Stevens alongside Sports Grid's college football analyst, Joe Lisi. Now, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time, Joe Lisi will get you set alongside Scott Wetzel for the day to come in the college football landscape on college football today. It begins a huge stretch of three weeks for the Oklahoma Sooners, the number eight team in the country in the college football playoff, despite being a perfect 9-0. Now, Joe Lisi, I don't really like Oklahoma <laughs> this year. I think the Sooners have given us fodder to show that they might not be one of the top 10 teams in college football. A perfect 9-0 straight up, but just 4-5 and five against the spread. Sure, some of that was with Spencer Rattler, and now it's Caleb Williams, who is plus 700 to win the Heisman Trophy, the fifth shortest odds to do just that. But still, Oklahoma has left a lot to be desired in terms of being at the upper echelon this season in college football. Well, these next three weeks, Joe Lisi, as you know, really set the stage for the Sooners. This Saturday, on the road, is a five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half-point favorite even at times against the Baylor Bears. Then next Saturday, they get to take on Iowa State. Then Bedlam the following week to end out the regular season. And then a potential berth in the Big 12 championship game against any of those three teams we just mentioned out of the Big 12 Conference. So, Joe Lisi, it starts right now in earnest for the Oklahoma Sooners and Lincoln Riley. And as I mentioned, Oklahoma, a now six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road this week against the Baylor Bears. What do you think of what Oklahoma has on the horizon, and what do you make of this matchup on Saturday? Well, everything's in front of them, Ben. And Oklahoma, you know, if you're the top team in the Big 12, you need to show it this coming Saturday in Waco. I think this game potentially can be an upset in the making. And, and it comes to the fact of Baylor's ability to run the football between the tackles with Treston Ender and Abram Smith. They're a blue-collar team. Didn't show out last week against TCU. That was a perfect overlooked type of situation with this game with Oklahoma. You just look at some of the teams that Baylor beat over the last month and a half of the season. BYU, a very physical team. West Virginia, another physical type of defense. The domination in the second half of Texas. So I, I think that Baylor comes to play this coming Saturday. It's an early kick. And let's not forget the inexperience of Caleb Williams. He's definitely one of the most yeah. athletic quarterbacks in college football. But let's not take away, he still hasn't played a full first season, right? He's still a freshman. And Dave Aranda engineered that defensive dominance over Oklahoma with LSU when they not dominated Ooh. Oklahoma in the, in the semifinal playoff game with Joe Burrow. So I think he'll have a read on Lincoln Riley, understand that, have his team prepared in this matchup. This is a great ball game. I think it's very close. I think Baylor does cover, but Oklahoma could wind up winning this game by a field goal. The only time that Caleb Williams has been a road favorite in his starting career for the Sooners, 38 and a half was the number in OU's yep. favor on the road in Lawrence, Kansas against the Jayhawks. They did not come close to covering that number. Oklahoma is a very intriguing team to me, Joe, because I mentioned I've been skeptical of the Sooners all year long. But even for my skepticism, I don't hate them as much as the college football committee hates Oklahoma right now to continue to have them ranked eighth in the country. That's why I believe Gary Barta is looking at the numbers against the spread. And you mentioned the Baylor Bears, who entered last week 
as a really good team against TCU, a seven and a half point road favorite against the Horned Frogs, a rally spot after head coach Gary Patterson was fired, a look ahead trap game spot for this big matchup against Oklahoma. Baylor did not cover a seven and a half point spread. They lost outright 30 to 28 against TCU in Fort Worth last week, but now back in Waco hosting Oklahoma and the line is worked in the Sooners favor by a point five and a half at the open now six and a half as things stand on the FanDuel Sportsbook the over under total by the way 62 and a half both of these teams Oklahoma and Baylor combined have played six of their nine games to an over each at 66.7 percent tied for the third highest over margin in all of college football something to keep in mind for that over under total of 60 two and a hook should be a fascinating game and again the Sooners have everything out ahead of them now Baylor tomorrow Iowa State the week following Bedlam to end out the regular season against Oklahoma State and then a potential game in the Big 12 championship bout in that first weekend of December as I mentioned Oklahoma State the second best odds to win the Big 12 conference championship right now and Oklahoma State this weekend gets to host ECU, the team that knocked off Baylor this past weekend. We'll touch on these Big 12 championship odds here in just a moment to give you the overall picture of what lies ahead in the Big 12. But for this game between the Cowboys and the Horn Frogs at home this upcoming Saturday in Stillwater for Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, Joe, a 12.5 point favorite, the over-under total four and a half can TCU keep the underdog magic going or is Oklahoma State in a good spot at home this Saturday well I love Oklahoma State overall Ben I still think they're the most complete team in the Big 12 entering week number 11 but I'm not gonna lie this game against TCU does scare me in a way for the way that Chandler Morris stepped up last week at home he added an added dimension in terms of the RPO game that we didn't see with injured quarterback Max Duggan, Jerry Kill took over, the former head coach from Minnesota. They made some defensive adjustments, limited big plays in terms of chunk plays against the Baylor Bears and forced Jerry Bohannon in that offense to methodically work down the field. And we know about Oklahoma State's offense. They want to pound the rock between the tackles with Jalen Warren. This spread opened up at 13. It's down to 11 and a half. I think Oklahoma yeah. State does win in cover, but this game does scare me because TCU is a live dog playing with house money right now. Yeah, it was at 12 and a half last night. Now currently 11 and a half in the Pokes' favor on Saturday in Stillwater right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Oklahoma State. Just one of four teams in all of college football this year with a 7-2 record against the spread. That is time for the third best record against the number in all of college football. Oklahoma State, 3-2 and two against the number as a home favorite this year. TCU, meanwhile, just 2-6-1 and one against the spread. But one of those came as an outright Moneyline underdog winner last week at home against Baylor. TCU, 1-3 ATS as a dog this year. This is tied for the biggest margin that they have been an underdog with so far this season. The only other spot, a 12.5-point underdog against Oklahoma. Well, you will see what this line closes at as we get ready for this matchup between Oklahoma State and TCU in Stillwater tomorrow. So both teams out of the state of Oklahoma are favored to win tomorrow in a huge weekend for the Big 12. Oklahoma, a six and a half point favorite on the road in Waco. Oklahoma State, an 11 and a half point favorite at home against TCU currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Oklahoma, Joe, still a very heavy odds on favorite to win the Big 12 Conference Championship right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Sooners, minus 300 to win the Big 12 title. Oklahoma State, 
has the second shortest odds at plus 350. Do you think, Joe Lisi, there should be that big of a gap between the two teams that play their college football in the state of Oklahoma? I don't believe there should be, but I think history will tell us that that's probably right. When you look at Oklahoma's dominance over the Oklahoma State Cowboys, they've won six straight meetings, Ben, by an average margin of victory of 18.3 points per game, dominated Oklahoma State in the trenches last year in Norman. It wasn't even a game. That offense for Oklahoma State was basically one-dimensional. Spencer Sanders did get hurt, but I think this year is a different animal. As long as Oklahoma State can keep their focus and get to that Bedlam game at the end of the year, I think they're going to be a live dog in that matchup, playing at home in Stillwater. This defense, when you just look at that dominance last week, eight total sacks against West Virginia. Third down defense, they held the Mountaineers 11% on third down conversions, have one of the top third down defenses in all of college football. That'll keep them in that ball game against Caleb Williams and the explosive Oklahoma offense. And a lot of people thought WVU was a very public dog last week against Oklahoma State in a game with a small number, and the Cowboys looked like a very dominant side, setting up a great path for Oklahoma State to get into the Big 12 championship game because it should be noted Oklahoma State already have already has win a win excuse me over Baylor so far this year. They did fall to Iowa State on the road in Ames a couple of weekends ago, but they did cover in that game. Again, one of four teams in all of college football with a 7-2 and two record against the spread. So, Joe, it's interesting to see Oklahoma where they are right now. Minus 300 to win the Big 12. They are also minus 174 with the third best odds to make the college football playoff, and yet the committee still has them at eighth overall. What do you make of these next three weeks for the Sooners? How realistic do you think it is Oklahoma ends out the year a regular season unbeaten team at least straight up? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, I think it's a 50-50 shot. It all comes down to Caleb Williams. Does he crumble under the pressure or is he a deer in the headlights in terms of these bigger ball games? It starts this weekend in Waco and then obviously it ends in Stillwater. If he could step up, yeah, I think they're going to have a great shot. And I think you're seeing the price in terms of the market right now, in terms of the committee, how they value Oklahoma. When you go to the college football playoff four straight times or four times, right, and don't win those ball games and basically get blown out in all of those matchups, that's another reason why I think the committee put Oklahoma eighth overall. They're going to have to do some work to get back into it. And it's very interesting, again, to see Oklahoma ranked eighth right now, but how hard the market is favoring the OU Sooners right now because you are seeing a very clear disparity between those two. The committee saying you really haven't shown us all that much, Oklahoma. 9-0 and straight up this year, but just 4-5 and against the spread. We have you eighth, but the next three weeks are the really vital point of this season for Oklahoma, and that is why the odds are minus 300 to win the Big 12, minus 174 to make the college football playoff because if Oklahoma is unbeaten, and does win the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma, I believe, will have one of those spots in the final four teams to make the college football playoff. Oklahoma and Baylor, just one of the great games we have tomorrow. We look through the Saturday slate and get Lisey's leans on the other side of the break here on The Grid. Sports Rage Late Night. 
I got a band team on the list. You Dallas Stars, I should, if I was coaching you, I would puck bet. I would skate you. I would, honestly, Dave, I would work these guys till they puked. You're a bunch of clowns. They suck. This organization, just retract from the National Hockey League, Dallas Stars. <laughs> these guys are dead to me. It's Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marenzi on Sports Grid. Weekdays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. On the home of the winning edge, the Sports Grid Radio Network. When it comes to getting trusted sports gaming strategies and info, you can ask your dumb friend, Kevin. Or you can just listen to us. We recommend us. And we won't ask to borrow your car either. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, a football Friday here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. Alongside Joe Lisi for the entirety of this second hour of this football Friday on TMA, I'm Ben Stevens. Let's look at some of the marquee games right now, Joe, for week number 11 of the college football campaign. And one that certainly catches my eye. We have seen a little bit of movement here on the spread in the favor of the home team tomorrow in Rocky Top in Knoxville, Tennessee. The Volunteers of Tennessee, a 19.5 point underdog. Yes, still a 19.5 point underdog, but against the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia opened up as a 20.5 point road favorite against Tennessee, now working in Tennessee's favor a little bit. Joe, a slight bit of market movement, but do you agree with where the market is going? I actually do, Ben, and I think in order to beat or challenge Georgia, you need a mobile quarterback. I thought that Florida with Anthony Richardson would implement a little bit more in terms of the RPO game. They did not do that. Dan Mullen had, I thought, a very vanilla type of game plan against the Georgia Bulldogs. But you look at Tennessee right now. They're 5-4 and four overall. They're fighting for bowl contention. This is potentially the biggest game in terms of Neyland Stadium that we've seen all year. If we thought that night game against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss was big, this 3:30 start against the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs is as big as it gets. Right. And I think Hendon Hooker right now is the key to covering this number, a 317-yard performance last week against Kentucky, four touchdowns, no interceptions. This offense for Tennessee is balanced rushing and passing for over 200. Listen, at the end of the day, Georgia has won four straight in the series by 20.3 points per game. And I think there's no doubt that Georgia wins and, and wins this ball game. But I like Tennessee to cover this number. I also like Tennessee to go over their uh, point total in this ball game because mm. of the offensive balance and the tempo of Josh Heupel's offensive philosophy heading into this ball game. And let's look at that team total for the Vols because the overall game total is 55 and a half. It is not out yet right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But if you do some quick math and an estimation here, Tennessee's team total for this game should be around 17 and a hook. 
18 maybe at home in that very good offense under Josh Heupel with Hendon Hooker, who Joe, like you mentioned, has the second best passer rating in all of college football this year. So a lot of people are looking at this game between Tennessee and Georgia, maybe not as an upset opportunity for Tennessee to win outright. That's probably not going to happen, but can they cover a 19 and a half point spread? And by doing so, are they going to give the rest of college football a small, minuscule blueprint of how to attack this vaunted Georgia defense, who again, I say, is the best college football defense that I have seen with my own two eyes in my lifetime watching college football. So it's not the longest time ever, but Georgia has been that good this year. UGA is the top scoring defense in all of the country, really allowing only less than six points per game to their opponent. And Joe, you have known my stance on Georgia all year long. The theory I have put to test on many, many occasions has been the Georgia opponent team total under until proven otherwise. Kentucky did go over their team total in that game about a month ago, but it was a backdoor cover, a late touchdown there with under 15 seconds left in the game. So I don't really count that. And it stood the test of time against Auburn and against Florida. I think this is the best test yet against Tennessee this weekend around that 17 and a half ballpark for the volunteers. How good is this Georgia defense? Only one team this year has scored two touchdowns against Georgia, and that was Kentucky, again, in garbage time, hitting that backdoor cover. So this will put the theory to test once again, and I think might be the best test until we get to the SEC championship game. Can Hendon Hooker and the rest of that ball's offense give us a look at what it might take to beat Georgia? Because I agree, Joe, it's not Tennessee outright winning this game in shocking all of college football. It's can they cover, and by doing that fact, can they give us a sneak peek of how other teams, maybe with better offenses even, right. might target this Georgia defense? A fascinating game tomorrow in Rocky Top between Tennessee and Georgia, who again, it should be reminded how good the dogs have been this year. Minus 125 as an odds-on favorite to win the national championship. Minus 220 right now as an odds-on favorite to win the SEC championship. Minus 2400 <laughs> to make the college football playoff on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That is where Georgia stands as the number one team in the country. Joe, the number six team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, on the road this week in State College, Pennsylvania, against the Nittany Lions of Penn State. An intriguing number, to say the least, because when it opened, Penn State was the slight favorite on that money line and even in a pick'em scenario against the spread. Now it is flipped. Michigan, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Happy Valley. A huge spot for Michigan, who still wants to set themselves up for a chance to knock off Ohio State and a chance to get to the Big Ten championship game. Before they can do that, they need to beat Penn State on the road this weekend. How do you approach this matchup between two great Big Ten East teams? Yeah, tough matchup, Ben, but I got to be honest with you. As this week has progressed, uh, it's one of my best bets of the day now heading into this coming weekend. I love Penn State in this ballgame, and you're going to give me one and a half points at home in Beaver Stadium. I'm going to take that any day of the week, and I understand that it's not a night game, and that's another reason why people are piling on Michigan number sixth overall and, and sixth overall in terms of the college football playoff. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you have to answer yourself two questions. When did Michigan play with the deficit all year long? It only came in the fourth quarter against Michigan 
Michigan State after Kenneth Walker and Peyton Thorne came from behind in terms of a 16-point deficit. They have established the line of scrimmage early and often against teams, but they don't have the quarterback advantage, in my opinion, heading into this ballgame. I give that to Sean Clifford and that offense that broke out last week with Jahan Dotson, 11 receptions, 247 yards, the best player from an offensive perspective on the field this coming weekend. And when you look at Penn State overall, Ben, the last two games against Maryland and Ohio State, they have converted 21 of 34 third down conversions. That is 61% Ooh. heading into this matchup. Let's be honest as well. Who has the better secondary? I give that to Brisker and Porter for Penn State. So when you look at all of the factors, coupled with the fact that Jim Harbaugh since 2017 is just 14 and 11 straight up on the road or on a neutral field site. And on the flip side, James Franklin since 2016 is 32 and six straight up at home in Beaver Stadium. I love Penn State to win this ball game convincingly 10 points or more tomorrow afternoon. Ooh, I love it. A double-digit winner for the one-and-a-half-point home underdog at Beaver Stadium tomorrow. Penn State also even money on that money line right now at plus 100. We know the narrative surrounding Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. When they have a big spot, when they have a big opportunity to finally take that step that Michigan fans have been waiting for, they have failed to convert. This is that big step once again as a one-and-a-half-point favorite now on the road in Happy Valley against Penn State. Michigan, one of those four teams like Oklahoma State, who we referenced earlier, 7-2 and two against the spread in all of college football right now. Just one of four teams tied for the third-best mark, ATS, in all of FBS-level college football but Penn State six and three against the spread they have been an underdog three other times so far this year they have covered and won two of those three games or excuse me covered two of those three games they did not beat Ohio State but they did cover that margin against the Buckeyes something to know in this spot now as a home dog even on that money line and the over under total is another area I look Joe 48 and a half both Michigan and Penn State rank in the top 10 defensively in terms of scoring defense in all of college football. Michigan is sixth, allowing only 16 points per game to their opponent. Penn State is ninth, only allowing just a little bit more than that, 16.6 points per game to their opponent. Where I think Michigan might have a schematic advantage in this game is that Penn State does give up a decent amount of yardage on the ground in the run game allowing 147 rushing yards we know what michigan wants to do they want to run the football a 61.6 rush play percentage this year that's tied for the 13th highest in all of college football so maybe that's where michigan has the advantage the market has moved in michigan's favor again this opened up near a pick'em. now it's michigan minus one and a half on the road in happy valley but joe says don't even worry about the spread penn state <laughs> Money line, even money, plus 100. And not only that, maybe give me an alt spread, FanDuel Sportsbook. Penn State minus seven and a half. And Joe Lisi's still taking it, huh? Yeah, I am. I, I think when it comes down to it, if we look at that ball game where Kate McNamara and that offense challenged Michigan State, they put up a lot of yards through the air, and I get that. But Michigan State, as we know, just gave up 536 passing yards to Purdue and has one of the worst secondaries in all of college yeah. football. Are they going to be able to do that in predictable third downs against Brisker, against Porter, and against that Penn State secondary? I'm not so sure. And when you look at Penn State as well, they are a battle-tested team. 
team went toe to toe with Wisconsin early on. They went toe to toe with Auburn and won that ball game. They went toe to toe on the road with Iowa. If Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, potentially they could have been only a one loss team entering this ball game. So uh, again, this is their season right now. People have written off Penn State. The fact that they're playing at home, it's an early kick. I think everybody's just assuming that Michigan's going to roll. I've watched Penn State. They are a complete team. As long as Sean Clifford steps up, and I think he will, they have the best player on the field with Jahan Dotson. And this is that big spot, again, for Michigan. Plus 350 right now to make the college football playoff as the sixth-ranked team in the college football playoff poll. Plus 350 are the same exact odds that Cincinnati has, tied for the fifth-best odds to make the CFP. They are also plus 1,000, the third best odds to make the Big Ten Championship or to win the Big Ten Championship. And they are 80 to 1 is Michigan to win the National Championship in correlation, the sixth best odds to do that. So there is some hope still on the horizon for Michigan in a huge spot on the road with a huge test as a one and a half point road favorite now in State College against Penn State tomorrow. Another huge game with conference implications, Joe, between Wake Forest and NC State. Right now, the Demon Deeks, a one-and-a-half-point favorite against NC State. Wake Forest, the second-shortest odds to win the ACC. NC State, the third-shortest odds to win the ACC. The winner of this game might wrap up the Atlantic Division crown to have a participation spot in that ACC championship game. A huge game, Joe, between Wake and NC State tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm uh, the dogs are going to be barking for me because I like NC State in this ball game, Ben. They won this matchup 45 to 42 last year, a very yep. close game, but in order to win on the road, you need to do two things. You need to pound the rock consistently. NC State can do that with Bam Knight in person, their running backs, and that's the weakness of Wake Forest entering this ball game. And when you just look at the defensive front for NC State, 26% third down conversions, holding opposing offenses to basically 92 rushing yards per game. And everybody talks about Sam Hartman. He's elite. But what about Devin Leary? 24 touchdowns, three interceptions, senior quarterback. I'm going to take my chances with NC State on the road. I think they win this ball game outright. NC State 6-3 and three against the spread this year, covering by an average margin of 7.1 points per game. This is only the second time the Pack have been a dog this year. What happened in that first game? They knocked off Clemson in overtime as a 10-and-a-half-point underdog outright. So maybe Joe Lisi thinking the Wolfpack can do it again, winning outright. Not that far of a thought process there. Wake Forest plus 350 to win the ACC. NC State plus 500 the second and third shortest odds respectively to win that conference we round out our number two as we do every football friday here on the grid it's the jack weinberger cap of the weekend as only he can see it an sec battle that's up next maurice allen 2015-2016 european long drive tour champion 2017 world number one me personally i keep my game face on me all the time especially coming out of the bunker leaving the range or even leaving the course what's your story go to gamefacegrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs
You're listening to Sports Grid, the home of the wedding edge, carrying on the fine tradition of sports gaming from all the way back to ancient Rome. But they never had a mobile app. So count your blessings, Sporto. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Closing out our second hour here on the morning after on this football Friday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens, who has been alongside Joe Lisi for the entirety of this second hour, dedicated to get you set for a Saturday slate in college football. And Joe, before we end this out, as we always do, it is time for our Jack Weinberger Cap of the Weekend, the Jack Cap of the Week. Our associate producer, former fearless intern here on the morning after, Jack Weinberger, handicaps college football games with the best of them and in unique ways that only Jack can explain as he texts me and I reiterate them to you all out there. The game that Jack is focusing on, a huge SEC West matchup between Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Right now, the Aggies, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Oxford against the running Rebs tomorrow. And here's how the cap goes for Jack. His sister is a freshman at Fordham University. She was home this past weekend, so on Monday, Jack and a couple of buddies drove her back to college, and on their way back home, they stopped and grabbed some food at Golden Corral. So it's very simple for Jack. He was thinking about it, looking at it, eating Golden Corral, enjoying himself, Joe, and he goes, Golden Corral, Matt Corral, Ole Miss this weekend, not only getting two and a half points, but plus 110 as an outright Moneyline underdog winner against Texas A&M, Golden Corral, Matt Corral, and game day in the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi. Joe, are we riding with Jack this week? I am, and I went to Fordham, so it's a, a, a double trouble there. So I'm totally all in with Matt Corral. Texas A&M has won three straight in the series last played a couple of years ago, but I'll tell you this, I think Ole Miss does strike the upset in the Grove Saturday night. Plus 110. Jack this year, 6-5 and five in his Jack Weinberger caps of the week, but three of those six winners, outright money line, underdog winners. That's where Jack makes his hay. Joe Lisi, the host of College Football Today and pro in college football full circle each and every day here on the grid. Joe will be back with you tomorrow morning to give you the insight heading into your Saturday slate. More of the morning after. Happy hour up next.